Hello, and welcome to Dependus Belaining, the podcast where we give you a little true crime and military information. I am Jen. Hi, Jen. I am Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Are you ready for Hi. all this funness going on today with us? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm always, I'm always ready. I'm always ready, and I'm always fun. You are. It's true. It's true. Everyone, you know this. She is always on it, and it's always fun. It's a party here, always. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Well, before we get started, let's tell our listeners where they can reach us in case they have any questions, concerns, opinions, options, stories, advice. Um. <laughs> I lost my train of thought, Jen. You can email us at dependusplaining at gmail.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or tweet at us. And don't forget to rate and subscribe from your listening platforms. And tell your friends. Tell your friends all about us. Because we tell our friends all about you, listeners. Yes. Yeah, we do. We brag about you guys. Especially... Especially when you participate in our comments and everything. Oh my gosh. Like the laundry thing cracked me up. You all are so funny. But it's true. So you don't have to sort your laundries. You can just sort it by people. It's okay. I'm not the only one. I think your your laundry theory is insane. I know. And it keeps me up at night. But (laughs) it's right. It keeps me up at night. Genius, right though? Come on. It's genius. Like. Nothing bad has happened for the so sake far. of time saving. Yes. Yeah, no, for the sake of time saving. Yes, that's genius. That's like throwing everything into one <laughs> pan and cooking it, and just hoping. However, for the best. hoping for the best. But your whites are scaring me right now. They're fine. What if you have a red shirt in there and then everything turns pink, or your brand new pair of blue jeans and everything turns blue, or uh, you know, I I don't know, Jen. Or I your think, towels. I think of these things, though. Don't worry. So, yes, when I have, like, a new pair of jeans <laughs> or, a, like, a brand new red shirt or something, I, I wash those separately. I'll try to sort clothes in that way so that I don't have a white shirt in there that gets stained different colors. But after that first wash, everything's fine. It's fair game. And you can just put it all together again. Mm. Towels, however, I do on their own. I do do towels on their own. It's okay. Okay. They get a separate wash. Okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah. She but let's try this separate. experiment. Okay. Tomorrow, do a load of laundry just with its designated colors. No. And you'll see how your life will change no. for the better. And you'll be like, I can see clearly now. No. My whites are bright. No. No. So the thing, I don't have very many whites. Neither do my children. We only have a few, like, very, very minimal. So I wouldn't even have a full load of whites. Is the thing. But lighter colors, you know? Like I'll throw all like I'll do the whites and sometimes have like a really light pink shirt or or like beige socks. <laughs> what the fuck owns beige socks? <laughs> have you seen my closet? You can look behind you. It's all dark colors. I'm a very dark person. No, you have some like stuff There's in a there. A little bit. I got this shirt for my friend. She I bought a dress off her and she threw in this shirt for free. And so I was like, okay. How kind. There's a color. It's from Old Navy. It's super yeah. soft. <laughs> so soft. It's this pink. is not an Old Navy plug. But no, but it should be because we love you. But I have mostly dark clothes. So mm-hmm. they can all go together. But then you have a lot of colors. You have colors to separate the dark. Oh my gosh, Jen. You've been laundrying wrong. Nah. It's all right. You know what? Whatever works for you, whatever (laughs) saves you time, who cares, right? Yeah. It's fine. I'm doing adult. You've lived this far. Adult thing in this (laughs) way. And it's so far. In childish ways. Yes. (laughs) It goes, it it does, it works for me. Okay. That's that's all that matters. For all you that that separate by color and whites and sheets and all. I'm so proud of you because that takes a lot of time that's me I know I'm so yes, proud of you yes it does yes it does it took a really long time when we were in England and we had those tiny ass oh washers and dryers yeah it would take me an entire week to get all my laundry done and then guess what was waiting for me on Monday morning more laundry the entire load again yep. yes yes good times and here it's I have my American washer and dryer which is very large and it still takes a while to 
dry because I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with it. <laughs> but I can get it done a lot faster. Yes. More more volume at once. That's, what's, that's why nice. <laughs> I can take my whole entire hamper full of my clothes, put them in the washer, throw fabric softener and some detergent in there, and I'm good to go. Done. My laundry, finished. Okay. Yeah. Don't ever open up a laundromat. No. Well, no. You know. No. Whatever. (laughs) No, no, no. I will not be a dry cleaning service. This is, nobody wants that for me. I I will not take my time. (laughs) What else do you do that other people would find odd? I don't know. I, I, I guess it's not as odd, but Kyle got yelled at one time for doing this. At the fire station, I rinse my pasta after I cook it. Okay. And apparently you're not supposed to do that because it leaves the, the starch needs to stay on the noodle in order for the sauce to stick to it. But it's like, but also my noodles are sticking together. You know. And I hate that. So yeah. I rinse them. Yeah, I think rinsing seems like a good uh, option. I know you can add, you add right? some pasta water to your sauce to thicken it up. And that's what should stay on your that's how it should stay on your pasta. Yeah. And anyway, I've eaten spaghetti from restaurants that all the sauce like slides off the noodles. Anyway, so, you know, no one can get it right. It's fine. It's there. Yeah. Scoop it. Scoop some sauce in your mouth and put some noodles in your mouth. There you go. Just, yes, just have a glass next to you, but no water. It just has the sauce yeah. in it. And then put noodles in your mouth. And as you're chewing, take a sip of that sauce. There you go. And less dishes to wash. Perfectly Jesus mixed. Christ, I would say, I, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I do anything else weird. No, I don't think, I don't know. I think you take the cake with the laundry. <laughs> the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just, it, it's good to know I'm not the only one that does that. I'm not alone. Yeah, that was funny. The Facebook comments. Yeah. <laughs> making me laugh. My mom, though, my mom's pretty disappointed in my decisions, too. She's like, I can't She's believe. She's like, I didn't teach her to do that. I don't do that. I can't believe it. I was like, I know, Ma, I didn't learn your my laundry tricks from you, Mom. I did it myself. And here we are. Yeah. My mom told me, my mom, she she ta- taught me how to do laundry, but she told me not too long ago because I told her we had an energy efficient washer and the soap that you use for those doesn't foam. I was like, it doesn't foam. And she's like, was like horrified. She's like, what do you mean it doesn't foam? And I was like, it, it's specially formulated for these types of washing machines. Mm-hmm. And she goes, when I don't see any foam or not enough foam, I will go pour more detor- detergent. <laughs> and she's like, sometimes I'll put like three cups of it in there. And I was like, mother, all the residue that you're leaving on the laundry. Can you imagine? I was yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me oh. of like shampoo, too, because I. I'm, I cannot do the one without the sulfates, you know, when they don't have sulfates in them and it's not yeah, supposed to foam to up. Foam. And I'm like, I need it to foam. I need to know it's washing out the nasty grease of my hair and sweat. Yeah. Please. Yeah. So I discovered something, Jen. Okay. If you, when, like, you know how we go like like two, three days without washing our hair. Yeah. So get in the shower, wash your hair normal, and then rinse it and then wash it again and you're shampoo will be so much more foamier than it was the first yes. time and the more you do it the foamier it gets yes. it's crazy yes i've noticed that because i have had a couple times you know when your hair just is like you know after the the ocean and everything too your hair's still like you know nasty. crispy yes gross <laughs> yeah. so i've had to wash my hair a couple times and i've noticed that because like the first wash you know mm-hmm. you've you know you're getting a bunch out and it feels better but not totally normal so then wash it yeah. again and I've had to teach myself, don't use the same amount of shampoo as you did your first time because, whoa. Dime. Like, yeah. pea size Teeny sometimes tiny. does so much. Yes. Yeah. Because it is like, it, yes, I've noticed that it's foamy, and but my hair feels so much better when I do that. It feels cleaner, yeah. Wonderful. Maybe at one day I'll give it. I'll give it a, a try with the sulfate-free, but I don't know. Good luck. I was telling my sister yesterday to switch over to natural deodorant. <laughs> she was like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, promise you won't stink. I was like, it'll be like the first month that you'll notice. Be like, oh, I need to put on a little bit more. It's like, because you're detoxing from the all the antiperspirant. Yeah. I was like, just switch over to I was like, you just, you will continue to sweat, but you won't stink. I promise. And she was like, God, no. <laughs> she was like, horrified. I was like, we're switching to all natural. Come on. It's good Let's stuff. Let's live a better life. It's, we're all going to be hippies now. Yeah. It's good stuff. I did notice, though, like, I had to, 
I had to like lay off of my deodorant for like a day or two because I was getting like a rash burn under my arm. Oh, it's from the, the baking, baking soda, soda mm-hmm. in it. Switch I, over to something that has like tapioca starch. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I have to look for that because yeah, it was. I think it was because I was sweating so much at one of the at spin or something, and it mm. it literally uh, my body was having my body made a chemical reaction because uh, my armpit started to foam. <gasps> oh, gross! Yeah, right. It was like <laughs> oh the white God. foamy stuff that you get you see from like baking soda. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I have potent sweat or something. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, fun stuff. That's crazy. I'm a I'm a science experiment. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Let's put you on a petri dish. See what happens. Strange. Oh no! Yeah, weird. Mm-hmm. Good times. Good times. <laughs> well, enough about stinking and <laughs> smelly and dirty hair. <laughs> um, I don't have I don't have much going on over here. Just uh, you know, just hanging out with the family. I'm ready for them to go back to school and my husband to go back to work. What? <laughs> Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. No, it's been fun. We've been having a really good time because Kyle is on leave for like, it was like three weeks that he took off because he had a bunch of leave, like the use it or lose it. So he's like, well, I got availability at work, so I'm just going to take some leave. I was like, okay. So he's been just hanging around the house and he's so sad because <laughs> it's been raining and like we haven't seen the sun in weeks. And yeah. He was just so mad. And then what was it yesterday? Oh, and then the power went out yesterday. Oh, man. So he was mad because because his leave was being ruined by non-sunny weather, cold. <laughs> and then the power went out. And he goes, what else are they going to take from me? <laughs> it's like, they took away your Wi-Fi. <laughs> it only it was gone for like five minutes and then it came right back on. Yeah. But he was sad. <laughs> he was sad. <laughs> yeah. Poor Kyle. Um, He'll get over it. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for my story, Jen? I am so excited for your story. Yay. Um, and I found most of my information on – oh, gosh, I lost all my stuff on here. <laughs> um, uh, military wiki. Military wiki. Uh, and then something called the yumpu.com. Yumpu? Yumpu? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Air Force Times and a podcast called Southern Fried to Cr- True Crime. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So that's where I got most of my information. And I have uh, the double murder of the Schlipseeks. Schlipseeks. I really hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So Andy and, Jay- and Jamie Schlipseek, they were married. They were high school sweethearts. They seemed to compliment each other because Andy was very outgoing and Jamie seemed to be a bit more reserved and shy. Um, They were both born in Peoria, Illinois, and they both attended Richwood High School. Jamie was on the swim team and Andy was also considered an athlete. So Andy enlisted in the United States Air Force in 2000, so shortly after graduation. They graduated, I believe, in 1997. Um, he was in the 54th Combat Communications Squadron and was stationed at Robbins Air Force Base in Georgia. Jamie went to school. Um, after high school, she attended Illinois University and graduated in 2002. She worked as a social worker in Georgia where she joined Andy, where he was stationed because they wanted to be close together. Um, and then they eventually tied the knot in their hometown of Peoria, Illinois on June 8th of 2002. So then they they go back, you know, to Georgia. They start their, their life as a newlywed couple. And they were offered a house on base, which is, you know, always super convenient to live where you work. They soon began to find their community on base. They befriended Jason and Paige King. They lived nearby, so it was easy for them to just walk to each other's house. Um, Jason and Andy hit it off right away. They, and they... um. They, like, played golf together. And Paige and Jamie also hit it off and became fast friends. That's the nice. dream, right, Jen? To meet the perfect right. friends? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> One day. <laughs> so on Saturday, July 3rd of 2004, the Kings hosted a get-together in an early celebration for of the 4th of July. Andy and Jamie attended this party, and Andy brought one of his co-workers along. His uh, friend was named Andrew Witt. He was an avionics technician in the 116th Air Control Wing, also at Robbins Air Force Base. He was a single single senior airman, and he lived off base with the roommate. 
Um, so, you know, he was like, I'm going to go hang out with the, this married couple because, you know, they invited me and free food. Free food always wins. Yeah. So a little bit about Andrew. Andrew Witt was – and he's Andrew and the other one is Andy. So that's just how I'm going to refer to them. Andy and Andrew, it's just, they have the same name, but hopefully it doesn't get confusing. So Andrew Witt was raised in an evangelical Christian home. His parents had divorced when Andrew was a young child. I believe he was like three years old. Even though Andrew and his mother had moved to Wichita, his father was very involved. Um, and he Wichita? Would see him, like, Wichita. <laughs> and he was very involved and he would see him like on school breaks and stuff. So, But unfortunately, his father struggled with alcohol and drug addiction. And when Andrew was just 10, his mother, um, who by this time she had already remarried and they had moved to Wisconsin, um, they decided it was best for Andrew to stop seeing his father, father until he recovered. I mean, makes sense. Yeah, it's understandable. You don't want to put, you know, your your child in with that kind of living conditions, and yeah. especially the child seeing them. That's a lot under of the influence, trauma stuff that mm-hmm. you know down the road really affects yep. you. <laughs> yeah, so it wouldn't be for it wouldn't be sorry it would be another two years until he actually saw his father again. And his father had also remarried. And um, he didn't really care for the for the wife. Mm. But anyways. Oh, so his, for the most part, he had like a very normal upbringing, right? Nothing out of the ordinary. A lot of children come from divorced homes. Nothing wrong with that. However, his mother at one point did check herself into like a mental health facility in 1996 to deal with depression and stress. Okay. Uh, during this time, Andrew was yeah no definitely take care of that yeah um and so during this time Andrew was actually homeschooled but then he later went on and enrolled into a private Christian school he graduated and spent nine months in England at a Bible school oh yeah his parents sent him like they paid for the tuition and sent him there so wow. when he returned when Andrew returned home his father gave him gave him $30,000 in order for him to decide his path in life like if he wanted to go to college or use that money for something else. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Andrew decided to join the Air Force. He joined the Air Force in November in 2001 and his dream was to become a pilot and eventually an astronaut. So until that could happen working in avionics was the next best thing, which is what he did. His family had claimed that Andrew had changed after joining the Air Force. When he talked, he cursed a lot, which was something that he didn't do before. And he also tended to brag about partying a lot, much to his mother's disapproval. And Andrew seemed to find he, like, found some sort of liberty being on his own. And it went totally against his upbringing, which is totally normal if you grow up in a house that's so strict yeah. And very religious. And then you're sent yeah. off into an environment that's nothing like that. It's uh, more yeah. freeing, right? So A lot of freedoms and stuff that you've never done before. You're kind of discovering all these things that people mm-hmm. have done growing mm-hmm. up. And then you're in, you're put into it and it's just like, oh, I'm going to go crazy. Like all these things that I've missed out on. I'm not saying that, you know, you should be doing all those stuff, but. You know, it just – that happens sometimes with people and being in a strict household. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah. like, go it, for it. <laughs> some people embrace embrace it. Some people reject it. So in yep, his case, yeah. he embraced it and he was enjoying himself. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. As long but, as you're not hurting anyone. Yeah. It's great. Well, Jen, it's fine. you just wait until – Yeah. Uh, you just boy. wait. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, they celebrated the 3rd of July, an early observance of – the fourth because why not it was over the weekend they were just gonna party all weekend so sunday july 4th the actual day the schlipseeks joined the kings at their home once again and they were just gonna like grill and have a few drinks it was gonna be really chill evening they didn't plan on doing anything other than just hanging out with each other so then they like decided to forgo the fireworks and just stay home and Paige King called it a night around midnight and said her goodbyes to her husband and the sleep six. And she put her uh, daughter to sleep. And she's like, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. And they were like, okay, fine. We'll just hang out here. And so Jason King, um, who was the host of the house, Andy and Jamie, um, they're just hanging out, having some beers and 
as the night went on, something was like heavy on Jamie's heart, and she decided to tell Andy and Jason what had happened on the night of the third. So this was the night prior, um, when they had all hung out um at their house again or that okay. time as well. Um Andy and Jamie had allowed Andrew to stay at their place. After all, Andrew was a friend and co-worker of Andy. And as mentioned before, Andrew lived off base and after a night of drinking, he was most likely not in a, any condition to drive. And so the Schlipseeks uh, opened up their home to him for the night. Andy had gone to bed and left Jamie setting up a place for Andrew on the couch. And so Jamie told Andy and Jason that Andrew tried to kiss her. So she pushed him away and was very clear that she had no desire to reciprocate his advance. And they all went to bed and Andrew was gone in the morning when they all woke up. So she told them that, that that had happened the night before. And then when Andy heard the story, well, he was pissed, of course, you know, like this is his wife and his friend made a pass at her. And so rightfully so, he's mad. So Andy gets on the phone and confronts his so-called friend around 1.30 a.m. This was on the night, the night of the 4th of July. Uh, there was another call around 2.30 that lasted around 30 minutes. It does, I was not able to find out what it was saying, what they said in this phone call, but it was probably like, you know, him asking why he would do that. And then Andrew giving him an explanation or an apology for whatever. And then there was a lot of back and forth calls, about nine of them. But eventually the subject was dropped. And around 3.30 a.m., Andy, Jason, and Jamie decided to get more beers at the Schlipseek's home since they lived nearby because they had run out of beers at the King's home. So they're like, hey, let's go get, we have backup beers. Let's go get it. So they're like, okay. So at this, this time, same time that they're gathering their stuff to go get more beers, Andrew was plotting something. He had dressed in camo um, and he was armed with a combat knife. He drove to base around 315 and parked outside just down the road from the Schlipseek's home. And then he parked just like far or just close enough to like observe the house and its occupants, but far enough to like where he couldn't be seen or noticed. And so he was, he got out and from like outside crouched behind the bushes, Andrew kept calling Andy on the phone. Like he was outside their house and was calling them on the phone and there was no answer. And finally, Jason was one of the, answered one of the phone calls and he listened to Andrew apologize for having disrespected Jamie. He even suggested to Jason that him and Andy should go just beat the shit out of him because he deserved it. And Jason's like, yes, you deserve it. You deserve to get the, be shit, the shit beat out of you. Um. So once, so they were in the house, Jason, Jamie, and Andy. Andy was in the kitchen, probably gathering supplies to go back to the king's home. And then Jamie had gone into her bedroom to get a sweater and was going to call Paige, this is Jason's wife, to let her know where they had gone. And so it left Andy in the kitchen by himself. And then Jason had gone into the bedroom. Did I say that? Jason had gone into the bedroom with Jamie to make the phone call. So he was in there with her. They both hear yelling in the kitchen. They hear Andy yelling, get out. Jason runs back to the kitchen and finds Andrew Witt in combat clothing And then a scuffle ensues. Jason put Andrew in a headlock. Andrew broke free and started to fight with Andy. Jason is trying to pull Andrew off of Andy when Andrew turns around and punches Jason in the stomach. Jason felt the pain, but it was more than just a punch. Andrew Mm. had actually stabbed Jason in the stomach. uh, Jamie, upon seeing Jason bleeding, runs to the bedroom to lock herself in. She's fucking freaked out, rightfully so, right? So she runs back, and then Andrew turns a knife to Andy, stabbing him to the left of his of his chest, penetrating his diaphragm and piercing his liver. Oh my God. Jason tries to flee with a stab wound in the stomach, oh, um, but he's having trouble unlocking the front door. This gives Andrew enough time to attack Jason again, and he stabs him in the back multiple times. Jason was able, finally able to get away and run to a neighbor's house to call for help. Um, and, and Andrew is chasing him. He's able to get to the neighbor's house, um, calls for help and then collapses in their driveway. And then sometime in between that, when Andrew had been chasing him, he runs back into the house. He's like, shit, he's going to, he's going to call for help. So he's like, I'm going to clean up my scene and get out of here. Uh, when Andrew went back into the house after attempting to chase after Jason, he found Andy on the phone with 911. 
This phone call came through and it was only about 34 seconds and the dispatcher heard a desperate call for help um, and this was Andy and Andy was also begging Andrew not to hurt Jamie and then the call died. Andrew stabbed Andy two more times. One of the stabs severed his spinal cord leaving him instantly paralyzed. The third was to his chest directly into his heart and Andy died almost instantly. Andrew then goes in search of Jamie. He breaks down the door to her bedroom Jamie was on the ground in the fetal position. He goes to pull her up from the ground with such force that he broke her arm. He then begins to stab her. Four stab wounds to her back that went to her side, into her side, into her kidney and liver and also collapsed her right lung. And one to the chest collapsing her left lung and piercing her spleen. Oh my god. Yeah. So Andrew then is spooked from the sound of the approaching sirens and he takes off running into the night. He actually went back home to his apartment, woke up his roommate, and they like drove around for a while. And the roommate didn't know anything. He's like, okay, I'll drive you around. And so when authorities arrived to the Schlipseek's house, they found Andy on his back in the kitchen and his cell phone was laying um, nearby. It said open nearby, so I'm assuming it was a razor. Because that was the rage back then, right? Yeah. (laughs) Those phones. Flip phones. Okay. And so they walk into the bedroom. They find Jamie slumped against the wall behind her bedroom door. Her denim skirt was just a few feet from her body, and she was in only her underwear and a t-shirt. And it is believed that Andrew was trying to sexually assault her, but the medical examiner found that no sign of rape had occurred. Andrew Witt was arrested on July 5th, 2004 by the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, or as we know it, OSI, was held at Houston County Jail. On July 8th, 2004, Andrew's squadron commander charged him with two counts of premeditated murder and one count of attempted premeditated murder. murder. Andrew did confess to OSI claiming to have worn his uniform in order to observe, so he confessed to the murders. Basically. And he claimed to have worn his uniform in order to observe the Schlipseek's um, home without being seen. And back then, in the early 2000s, it must have been the BDUs. So yeah, it was yeah, yeah. a lot darker in color. Yeah. Uh, he took OSI to where he had disposed of the knife and his BDUs. They were tested for blood and found positive for Jamie's DNA. And the knife uh, contained fibers from Jason and Andy's shirts as well. So... He had everything against him, <laughs> and plus yeah. his confession. Yeah. Uh, the roommate testified that Andrew had informed him about making a pass at Jamie, and that Andy had called and yelled at him. So he, the roommate, was aware of all that uh, the, about the problem that he had caused, and he also states that Andy had threatened to expose Andrew. That this is what Andy t- uh, Andrew told him. He said Andy threatened to expose Andrew and the affair that he was having with an older woman. So, yeah, apparently he was having an affair with an older woman. And, Hmm. uh, you know, as we know, this is punishable according to the UCMJ. Andrew's roommate was aware of Andrew wearing his BDUs in order to pretty much stalk the Schlipseeks. But he wasn't aware of, like, anything else, uh, his intentions, or that he had packed a six-inch serrated knife. And um, he was very cooperative with authorities informing them of what he knew and what he saw. So in October 2004, Andrew met with a forensic psychologist in order to prepare for trial. During their meeting, Andrew was given neuropsychological personality and intellectual test. They met several more times over the course of nine months, and no diagnosis was given at the time. But during the trial, the doctor testified with the person the doctor testified and said he had a personality disorder and was diagnosed by the forensic psychologist. So that's what he gave him. The doctor, his Dr. BM, that's what he's mentioned as, was aware of his mother's history of mental illness, but never requested a further look into it, thinking that it had nothing to do with his actions. So it was also noted that Andrew had a motorcycle accident a few months prior to the murders in February of 2004. So he had lost control of his motorcycle in a patch of gravel and he fell. He lost consciousness for a bit, but was able to get back up and ride to work like nothing happened. However, okay. his co-worker had noticed that he seemed like a bit disoriented and he was kind of like slurring his words. So she, mm-hmm. the co-worker was concerned and said, I think you need to go to the doctor. And so at the insistence of the co-worker, he did. Uh, but he was released like the same day. 
So they just probably just gave him Motrin and a Band-Aid. <laughs> Here's some ibuprofen. Um, no worries mm-hmm. on your concussion. You're fine. No worries. It's okay. <laughs> You'll be fine. Here, just take this. Put you on profile. And then we'll discharge you medically. <laughs> uh, so Dr. BM insisted that there was no connection between the motorcycle accident um, or his mother's history of mental illness. They had nothing to do with his actions. And no further testing was performed. What? Yeah. So prior to all of this, Andrew was described as a regular kid, very pleasant, very likable, especially in school. He was a good person and he was he was a normal person, what we would consider. But a lot of serial killers can be too, so. Yeah. They are they <laughs> really good at portraying a normal person. They know how to Yeah. They know how to act, so. Right. But with him, there was, like, no history of violence, nothing prior to this incident. Everything was squeaky clean, if you will. Yeah. So, Andrew Witt was tried uh, by General Court Martial in September of 2005. And I believe we have covered this with Court Martial, but General is the most severe count, uh, or the most severe of Court Martials. So, because Andrew had already confessed to the murders of the attack and the attack on Jason King... It was now up to the court-martial's job to determine whether it was premeditated or not. And they focused on his lack of remorse and on the impact statements from the friends and family. So they took that into account a lot. And they believed that Andrew would have raped Jamie had it not been for the sirens he heard. Because wow. of, because the way, uh, the way she was stabbed, maybe he was yeah. just trying to torture her. And that he had taken off her skirt. Yeah. Instead of maybe just shoving it up her body. Like he was preparing to do something to her. So the the defense tried to prove that it was not premeditated. That Andrew's actions were caused by adrenaline. Searched on by the anger. And that he felt when, you know, from the argument that him and Andy had had. And also the alcohol consumption. So, yeah, sure. That. Yeah, scot free, right. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So sure. when when Doctor BM was called to testify, he told the defense that Andrew had schizoid and borderline traits, which is not what he said initially. So he had originally diagnosed Andrew with paranoid traits. This would become a problem a problem later on in his sentencing. So. Andrew was found guilty because the t- the 12 panel of jury officers found him guilty unanimously and he was eligible for the death penalty because they were all it was a unanimous decision. So wow. he was dishonorably discharged on April 13th of 2005 and was sentenced to death. But Andrew appealed his conviction and and sentencing on 88 issues in 2012. In August of 2013, the Court of Criminal Appeals found three issues where the defense didn't look into mitigated, mitigating evidence. The issue being that with proper scanning after a motorcycle accident, there would have been more proof of a brain injury. The way that he was acting after the accident was very normal of that of someone who would have a TBI. So another issue was also looking further into his mother's medical history of mental illness, thinking that it could have been hereditary. And this all goes back to the first doctor, Dr. BM, when he stated that none of that had anything to do with it, with his actions. And so that maybe swayed the the jury into claiming that it was all premeditated. Anyways, this could have led to the jury not finding him guilty of premeditated murder. And there would have not been, he would not have been eligible for the death penalty. So even if one person would have said, not guilty of premeditated murder, he wouldn't have been eligible for the death penalty. So in October 2013, the Criminal Court of Appeals reconsidered and found that the defense was not incompetent on the three issues, and they upheld the sentence. So they're like, no, he's going to stay on death row. Sorry. So almost 10 years after the murders, there would be a new hearing for sentencing. The family wanted the death sentence upheld. They're like, this guy needs to die for what he did. So on July 19th, 2016, the U.S. Court of of Appeals for the Armed Forces ordered a new sentencing hearing because they found that the Criminal Court of Appeals had mishandled Andrew's original appeal by allowing 
the participation of three judges in the reconsideration. And they were not at the original sentencing. So that was like a conflict of interest. Okay. So on July 6th, yeah, on July 6th, 2018, Andrew was sentenced to life in prison. Unfortunately, his family was not happy about this. But, you know, he's serving his time in prison where he belongs. Yeah. So yep. there are no more appeals for Andrew. He's exhausted them. So, yeah. Good. Um. Yeah. And before sentencing, Andrew Witt did address the court and apologize to the families and to the Air Force, his family, friends and families of the victims. Um, I, I mean, I read what he said and it was it was very lovely. But however, it's like, well, you're you're a killer. So fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Jason King, who survived, by the way, Jason King suffered um, from PTSD. He felt tremendous guilt for running out the door like. Even though he was running for help, he continued to serve his country and was even promoted to staff sergeant while he was in the hospital. He did a tour in Korea, but ultimately left the Air Force when he was diagnosed with pulmonary obstructive disorder brought on by stabbing injuries. His marriage also suffered, um, and him and his, his wife, Paige, divorced in 2009. It was really unfortunate while he was in the hospital, they held the funeral and... Um, the funeral service for him, so he oh, was not able to attend. Was, even though, yeah, I couldn't go. Yeah. He begged the doctors to let him go, and they were like, "You're not yeah. in the right conditions to be out." Yeah. And um, and they were they were laid to rest. Andy uh, was in his coffin and had the American flag draped over, and cradled in his arms were the ashes of his lovely young wife. So, Aww. and that is a very sad double murder of the Schleeps. Schleeps. Wow, that is awful. I know that's awful. Yeah. <sighs> wow. What an asshole. God. <laughs> I know. All because he got yelled at? Like, hello, any any right man rejected. is going to defend his his partner if somebody yeah. else is coming on to them. It's just normal. Yeah. Somebody they're gonna get pissed. Yes. Ugh, yes. That's ridiculous. And I mean what was he expecting that she was gonna reciprocate, you know, right? and be like, Okay, yeah, let's make out. Maybe so, maybe because he had an affair going on with somebody else and yeah. he was expecting the same from her. But when she said no, like, he could have just dropped it. You Leave know, it he that. knew he was going to get flack for it, like, from her, her husband just taking it and yeah. apologized and moved on. Exactly. So. Exactly. Take it like a man. Just been like, okay, yeah, yeah sorry, I, I fucked up. I really did. I shouldn't have done that. Yes. I, I'm sorry. And walk away with the ta- with your tail between your legs. You should yeah. be embarrassed. Yes. It will blow yeah. over. Give it time. It yeah. will blow over. There was no need to murder two people and try to murder yeah. a third. That's just insane. That's just insane. Mm-hmm. To think that he didn't, it was not premeditated. I, come on. Like that was, he dressed in his BDUs to go hide yes. and he brought a knife with him. What do you think yes. was going to happen? Come on. And f- and for them to say that adrenaline surged this, it's like, no. Yes, I agree. However, he still planned it. He it's still, exactly. you know, he could have had plenty of time to clear his mind on the drive home or as soon as he entered the house, seeing, you know, that Andy was there and he could have resolved it there. But no, yeah. he, you know, he, he planned it out. He got dressed. He packed a knife. He drove to their home, got out yep. and observed him during in the bushes and then walked in. He yep. had plenty of time to calm down. Exactly. We all do stupid things when we're angry and we have all that adrenaline. But if you give it enough time, you'll calm down and rethink it. He, that was premeditated murder to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, probably it pumped him, it, it pumped him up knowing what he was planning on doing and that's mm-hmm. what just kept the drive for him to just go for it and go through with it he had already planned what he was doing is there's no mistaking that come on yes Ugh. i think that he was humiliated and the fact yeah. that andy threatened him with telling his his supervisors about his affair that he was having yeah and he probably thought well my air force career is going to be over anyways if this gets out I'm just going to go take revenge now. Yeah. So. Not what you should do. Rethink your decisions, please. 
Don't do that. Yeah, get help. <laughs> That's get not help. going to do, it's not going to make it any better. So just yeah. think of some other way. It, go talk to somebody if you're having these thoughts. My God. Also, why a married woman? <laughs> right? Why? Yeah. Why a married woman? Uh, go find a, a nice, you know, significant other somewhere else that's not married, that doesn't have some sort of commitment to anybody else. They yes. have apps for that now, you know? They do. And you they had websites for that back then. <laughs> uh, people. You find there's many willing participants out there. Find one. Yes. Just go to your <laughs> local bar and you will find many, many there yeah. willing to at least consider you. Yes. At least, you know, chat you up. Don't yeah. immediately try to stick your tongue down their throat. That's wrong. That's not what that's not what they're asking for. It's no. not. We just want a nice, significant other who can give me stability <laughs> and uh, tell me I'm pretty every now and then. <laughs> That's all I want. So, yes, Jen, that uh, is the sad story. So, Well, thank you for your story, Veronica. Yes. Oof. Thank you. <sighs> Mo- moving on. Moving on. Give me something good. All right. So I just have a little bit of a, a thing to share with everyone. I know we've talked about, you know, working and working at different ways for you to go find a job and stuff. And so I thought I would just go in a little more info on using USA Jobs okay. as a military spouse. USA Jobs is a employment website for the United States federal government. Um, and it lists civil service jobs, job opportunities with federal agencies. Basics. Right there. <laughs> you can go in and find jobs of all kinds if you are qualified. So, as a military spouse, using USA Jobs, you are eligible if you are a spouse of the of active duty member in the armed forces or a spouse of a service member who is 100% disabled due to service-connected injury or a spouse of a service member who was killed while on active duty, but you will not be eligible if you remarry. What? Yes, so if you... If your active duty member was killed while on the line, okay, you are eligible. But if you go out and go get remarried, you are no longer eligible. Unless, of course, you do marry an active duty member again. Okay. Then you, gotcha. obviously, that puts you back in it. But they're just saying if you just remarried a civilian. Regular Joe Schmo. Just a regular guy off the street, <laughs> you know. You look off good. Off the street. Let's get married. <laughs> Let's get married right now. Uh, don't do that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> eligibility does not entitle you to a job within the federal government. Let me repeat that so you all understand. Your eligibility does not, does not, entitle you to a job within the federal government. Right. You are not entitled to it. It is just... Or guaranteed. And no. In no way are you guaranteed that job. You still need to apply. You need to meet the qualifications and any additional requirements that is asking. Mm-hmm. So just be prepared. It does not mean that you get to have this job. It just means that you can apply and maybe you will be picked. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So you can also specifically filter those jobs. Once you start searching for in your area, you can specifically filter the military spouse hire whatever they have an icon you'll see it it's on yeah there. like the preference like if you're overseas or if you're yes. a veteran yourself yes they have many different types of specific hierons they have a whole list of different ones this one i was just going into the military spouse one but they have a whole list on usa jobs of the different hire i forgot what they called it but you'll see it yeah it's a whole but open to the public that means anyone can apply. Military spouses, right. then the veterans, and stuff like that. So, just also so you're the, aware. Like a, an unmarried child between the ages of like 18 and 23. Yes. Dependent child. Yes. Mm-hmm. But not qualified for the military spouse part. But No, no. There is another yeah. one too, and I'm going to get into that as well, which I didn't know about. And it was, was brought to my attention by a wonderful person I work with who which is why I'm giving you all this information is because she kind of opened up my eyes onto 
what to do. So, moving on. The documents that you may need to apply for your job um, as a military spouse is your uh, a document verifying your marriage, basically your marriage certificate, a copy of your spouse's active duty orders, a DD-214 certificate of release or discharge from active duty, and that's just obviously for somebody whose spouse is 100% dis- uh, disabled. Or a DD-1300 report of casualty, and that, again, is for the spouse of a um, deceased service member. So, with the military spouse side of it, there is a thing that is military spouse preference that you can use. It is a priority selection process when being considered along with others. It's still a preference, and you you still need to meet the qualifications of the job. And... You're eligible to use this spousal preference if you are a wife or husband of active duty. Um, You must have entered into marriage before the sponsor's relocation to the new duty station. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I was like, well, that's Mm -hmm. good to know, especially like new for new spouses. So they, you can use your spousal um, preference 30 days before your report date to the new duty station, and also through your entire tour there. You can only use it once at the duty station, so use it wisely because once you've used it, you can't use it again until you move. And it is a really good thing to have on your side when you are looking at getting a job in any federal agency, especially if you're going for a competitive job and Mm -hmm. looking at it as a like a long-term career so a lot of the jobs that we see especially for military spouses especially with dodea schools are accepted positions and those are like just i don't i usa jobs doesn't really do good at telling me Mm -hmm. in normal people terms what the difference is between accepted and competitive it just means that accepted is open to a lot of people. Competitive, you're competing against a lot of people who have a a lot of experience, who have already been in uh, a job similar to this, or type of thing. So there's a lot to say about competitive opportunities. You, I've just been told, if you're looking at it as a long-term okay. career, go for the competitive job when you're searching okay. for your stuff on there. Because you are more guaranteed to be able mm-hmm. to move with that job, be able to get in with that job, uh, promotions, be able to move from one position to another within that agency still type of thing. So really important and use your spousal preference. Hold on to it for that. Now, if you're just going for a very, Mm -hmm. you know, basic job, you know, um, like in the school system, kinder aid Mm -hmm. or special education aid, stuff, stuff like that, you know, just something that just to get you going and doing something and you, it's your first time and you're not really looking into a career and you know you're only going to be at mm-hmm. your base for a few years, use your spousal preference too because you never know. You'll, you're looked at a higher priority when you have that and so it gives you kind of a leg up on the rest mm-hmm. of the people. Okay. I didn't, I was not aware of that competitive and accept or the, what did you say, accept, open? Accepted. I was accepted. Not aware of that one. Yep. Yeah. I I didn't either. Um. What my the wonderful secretary at the school was okay. telling me all about this kinds of stuff, which really opened up my eyes to a lot of things. Cause I I'd never worked in a GS mm-hmm. position. I've never worked for the schools. Nothing yet before. So again, I was just kind of somebody that was just wanting to get a job sure. and have decent hours where my kids are working and or my kids are working. <laughs> going to school they work kind of where they're going to school so you know i wasn't really into really needing anything super specific or career-wise so i didn't know about any of that stuff and she just really opened my eyes to all of this so it's something to look at once uh wherever next that mm-hmm. we go to yeah if it was like at their school that makes more sense and that's easier too Okay, so again, with your spousal preference, again, it's again, it's a preference. It does not guarantee that you're going to get a job. You just have a better leg up on other people, like mm-hmm. I said before. 
Um, one other category that you can see if you qualify for is called the Family of Overseas Employees. It benefits those who are moving overseas and those who are overseas moving back stateside. Hmm. That I didn't know about either. It benefits both sides of it. So if you're if you're moving overseas, you can specifically look for jobs that are posted out for that category mm-hmm. and see what they have. They they benefit spouses and they also benefit the kids as well. Oh. So as long as you're under you're 23 yeah. and under, you're a dependent, you can use that family overseas employee as well. And you can use it when you're going back stateside from coming overseas. So very, very cool. Very cool. It's There's a lot on USA Jobs, and they do a good job at breaking down each mm-hmm. category that they have on there for different filters mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I would just recommend looking at it and really knowing all the information on how do you apply, who is eligible, making sure you know what required documents they need for the job you're looking at type of stuff. Um, they're really good at having all that info for you. So, yeah. So that's about it. That's all. That's the USA Jobs breakdown for at least the yeah. military spouse side of and it. And it's a really user-friendly website, I have to say, because you go in yeah. there, you put in your location, and then it pops up with everything available, especially if you don't have any filters on it, it pops up with any everything that's available in yeah. that area. Um, I just keep it without the filters because I'm always like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> and then when you go to apply, it's so foolproof. Like you just apl- you apply, you answer questions. Um, I think the initial um, registering on there, like when you first sign up for it, is a little bit more complicated with mm-hmm. all your information that you put on there. But you can upload documents just by taking pictures of them, which is super simple. Yes. So your resume, your marriage certificate, which I had to do the other day and um uh, uh prof- any professional certificates diplomas all of that you can and it stays on file for you so you don't yes. have to do it every time and you can update your resume yeah it's super easy i was going to say one more thing also a lot of the jobs on there will take experience they will take your experience like it says on there you need at least 1 year experience in at the gs 4 level to do this or certain amount of years education. So it's really good if you have that experience where it's not totally required to have a college degree in it. It's it's great if you do. I'm sure it, it helps a lot. But experience is what they're looking for the majority of the time because that's what they want, right? They, they want someone to jump right in and take over. So it's it's great. Yeah, I like that. And and you, I mean, you never know if you might qualify for something that you've never done before and get the job and end up liking it a lot and then make a career out of that. And take in consideration that you're competing with a bunch of other people, too. So don't get your hopes up too much for for something like that. And then once you get selected, it's the same as any, in, you know, any interview process and all that. And then you have to go get depending on what type of job you get you have to go get like a clearance and fingerprinted and all the fun stuff get a cat card or you don't need one and or you do yeah it's it's a process i'll tell you (laughs) it is a freaking process but once you're in it 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 helps because then at least you know Mm -hmm. what's going on and all that another another real quick good thing on usa jobs is you they have a resume builder they know how to build a federal resume for you and all you have to do is just follow the steps yeah. and input all your information and they build it for you. So you don't even have to worry about not knowing how to write a resume because it's done yeah. for you too, which is, yes, it's it's Super awesome. Super user-friendly, yes. That's a great option, definitely. Great. I've applied through there many, many a time <laughs> and have only been hired once. <laughs> uh, yeah, and now they have NAF jobs on there too before they did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they've... Before they did combined it, so. it, yep, yeah. So it makes it it's a one one stop deal. It's pretty good. It's pretty good that they have everything listed, and then you could see what locations are. If you have, if you live in a place like I do, where there's multiple locations, multiple bases and camps, it's all listed on there. But the application will go to other places as well. Be like, well, we have an opening here. You want to come work here? And that's up to you to decide yeah. yes or no. Cool. Yeah, and it's. 
if you get a GS job, it's cushy. I'm not going to lie. Like you get paid very well. And on top of that, if you are overseas, you get COLA. Yes. COLA people, nice which surprise. is cost of living allowance. Yes. It's extra money in your yes. pocket. It's nice. You can now afford that $7 box of six strawberries. <laughs> no, I still can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried. I still don't want to do it. Yeah. So so go apply for a job. Go. Do it right now. USAjobs.gov. Yes. Right? I believe so. I took over for you, Jen. <laughs> I think that's right because I just have it. It's like already uh, bookmarked yeah. on my computer. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I have it on there. I have quite a few applications right now. But again, we live in such a big location yeah. that there's just, it's competitive yeah. no matter what. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It depends on where you are, too, on how many jobs are going to be available and if there's anything that's even for you that pops up, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Keep going. You got this. Keep going. Just apply for everything. Yes. Anything and everything that might interest you. Yep. That you you'll qualify be, for. You know. Yes. Yeah. Do it. Cool. Cool, Jen. Thanks for all that info. That's oh, great. you're welcome. Thank you for your story today, Veronica. That was a. Oh, I was going to say amazing. It was not amazing. Jen, where is your brain? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh, it's it crazy it was a story yeah for sure. yeah yeah oh, i'm glad you liked them glad you listened of thank course. you for listening thanks to our listeners for listening and thank you for all that info on usa jobs yeah because that's very useful for those that are new to the military as spouses and are looking for a job that's yeah. where you go it's a good it's, it's a the good best option. place to go it's good mm-hmm. good info i didn't know about it until it was brought up to me so some of that stuff so i was like i gotta share this with the world here you are yeah. you're welcome yes <laughs> you're welcome world you're welcome world now yeah. great okay well i don't have anything else going on i gotta go um clean up my kitchen because my children have probably found all the crackers right and there's now smashed crackers everywhere probably (laughs) i swear they would just live off of crackers if i let them crackers and chocolate milk Mm. yeah it's a great i mean it's good (laughs) yesterday i made quesadillas and i was like i don't have tortillas i'm gonna make my own so i made them and i put the cheese in them they were so good and i made like steak and a salad. So we had like steak salad with quesadillas. Yeah, uh, my kids were yum. so whiny about it. Of course. My daughter has a serious issue right now with whining about everything when she doesn't get what she wants. And so the other day she was like, can I watch a movie in bed? And I said, no, you may not. It's time for bed. And she's like, please. And I was like, no. She's like, mama. I was like, no, I'm not going to let you watch a movie in bed. I was like, come on. I was like, I let them watch a movie in bed on the weekends. Yeah. Right? Because it's it's a treat. Yeah. It's fun. It's not an entitlement. It's a treat. So she was being really pissy about it. And she was getting in bed all pouty. And I was like, <laughs> could not hold my tongue. And I was like, oh, poor, you know, my daughter's name. I said, poor you, you know, can't watch, <laughs> can't watch a movie on your brand new iPad in your own room, you know, in your air conditioned room in the oceanfront apartment. It's like, poor you. She was looking at me like, what? And Kyle was behind me. And he was like, yeah, poor you. Like, we were making so much fun of her. And I was like, do you know how lucky you are? I was like, I played with sticks when I was your age. Mm-hmm. I used sticks to play in the oleander bush inside. Yeah. I was like, like we had like three channels. We had like three channels growing up. And it was, a, I had to click the TV. I yeah. don't have a remote. Yeah. We had to get up and turn the damn dial. And my parents had a TV in their room that was in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. black and white. And all we could watch was the news after my dad got home. It was the news, <laughs> nothing else. So, and I was like, we can make you watch the news if you want. Right. <laughs> Enough of this gumball and adventure time oh, shit God. that you guys watch. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But she's been the one giving me a lot of trouble. My son's fine. Like, he'll whine every now and then about something. And then he's like, fine, you win. But she's just like, but mommy. And then she'll run straight to my husband. And, like, whisper to him. And he knows that if she's whispering that I already turned her down on mm-hmm. whatever she had to say. And I was like, stop going behind my back and trying to pin daddy against me. Like, no. Quit We're it. a team. She plays us really well. 
Stinker. we're on to her. Yeah. Stinker. That cute little face. Ch- I know. Children. God <laughs> damn it, children. <laughs> For reals. Ugh. Why? They make it so hard to stay mad at them, too. They're just so cute. Little faces. I know. They get bigger. I know. Ugh. I know. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, Jen. That's all I have. I love it. Thanks again for listening to just our rambling, our yes. stories and our rambling. All over the place. <laughs> always. We're always all over the place. We like yes. to spread ourselves out. Yes. Spread, spread it. out real good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Um, Spreading just <laughs> for you. Yeah. Spreading for you. Spreading on you. Mm. Just spreading. <laughs> spreading because of you anyways thanks so much for listening uh don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and leave us a facebook comment or instagram or tweet at us and uh or you can email us at dependusplaining at gmail.com we're here for you thank you for being there for us yes thank you rate us five stars we love it Again, if you have anyone that is you know of or you yourself want to have a shout out, we'll shout you out on the podcast yes. and on our social media. Keep commenting. We love it. We love interacting with you guys. So get at yeah. us. Uh, hope you had a really great, safe, fun 4th of July. And yes. don't forget that wherever you go, there, there you, you are. are. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.